0: Really good to be together tonight. Uh very encouraged by how God is moving as we just continue in prayer. We've completed 3 days. We're on our 4th day of the 10 days at this point and we're coming into our evening teaching hour, and Gaylord, why don't we just have you share a few minutes, and then let's have some some significant time for question and answer.
1: Yeah, that's um, great.
0: Yeah, that's great. If if you're uh, if you're ready, or if you just want to share off the cuff sure. for for five uh, five yeah, ten minutes, I,
1: I can uh, share uh, just uh, right here uh, now. So, um, I think, um, you know, Jonathan, one of the passions, and I know this is something that gripped you very early on, you saw Jesus' uh, new covenant and new commandment. And um, and then the Lord has, you know, led you to uh, go into 10 days prayer after that and into the uh, uh, the John 17 picture. But I I would say the passion of my heart for the last couple of decades, and I feel like the mandate that's on me in the assignment, is to share Jesus' commandment. And Jesus' new covenant came with the new commandment. And it is so significant that we just recognize this because we know that in Scripture, uh, the prophet Isaiah, 600 years before Jesus was born, Uh, Yeshua Hamashiach before he was born uh, the prophet uh, Jeremiah God speaks through him and says the days are coming declares the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah it will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt and um I had always looked at this scripture over decades of being in ministry. I've been in in full-time ministry for 55 years now and over 55 years. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that you see scriptures like this one in your Bible. And I remember saying someday I've got to look at that scripture. There's something significant about that. Um, But it wasn't until 2002, May 1st, 2002, when I'm recovering from a burnout breakdown um, and couldn't read my Bible, I couldn't read books, I couldn't uh, watch uh, TV. uh, And I was just uh, sleeping much of the time I was in recovery under doctor's care, having to see a professional counselor. And um, it was May 1st, 2002, six months into my recovery. That morning I sat down at my table And I saw Jesus' commandment for the first time. And I had read it many times. I had actually preached out of it, but did not see the significance of the new covenant and the new commandment. And what's so shocking to me now, uh, when I saw it, then I thought, I am the only one who's missed this. Everybody knows this but me. And uh, so what I soon began to discover is that I was not the only one that missed it. In fact, it's been largely missing from church history for uh, much of the last 1800 years. I think the Moravians uh, got a real piece of this. So I I know there are people that had the command all down through these centuries, but in a large part, the church has not understood it. But I think what's so significant is for us, having just gone through Passover season, is the night that Jesus, um, is as the Last Supper, the the night before he went to the cross, uh, that night he takes bread and he breaks it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. And it's so stunning because, um, you know, for 1300 years, Passover had been celebrated but now Jesus says something that's never been said before and uh, after supper he takes the cup and then he says this cup is the new covenant in my blood and oh my goodness uh you know John has introduced him some 3 years earlier and said behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world and now Jesus is taking this cup On Passover um, uh, night, Um, and he's announced a new covenant and uh, is giving us a new commandment. So it says in John 13, 34, on that same night, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And since that time, my passion, Jonathan and friends, has been to link the new covenant and the new commandment once again covenant and commandment are so historically linked because you remember when god gave the covenant at sinai um moses came down the mountain with 10 commandments and those commandments were then read to the people and they said all that the lord has said we will do and then they took those 10 those tablets those 10 commandments and put them inside the Ark of the Covenant. That's how close covenant and commandment are linked. And so now, Jesus now gives us a new covenant and a new commandment, announcing them that night. And then later in that evening, he owns that new commandment as my commandment. It's Jesus taught us many things, all of which are extremely important. But when he uses this word entole, the word commandment, uh, it's it's a very unique setting because it's the same word that's used for the Ten Commandments or the commandments in the law. It's entele. a new commandment I give you, love each other as I have loved you. And uh, he makes that very clear in John 15, which all of you will recognize as the vine and the branches and the fruitfulness and what Jesus says as a result of that. You know, for for decades, um, in fact, if when I ask people largely what is Jesus' commandment, um, there really are three answers that I would typically get. One, the, the one 60% of the people would say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbors yourself. Um, and uh, there's about 20% that would say, it's the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And uh, the balance is kind of scattered. But ultimately, about one in 20 Bible-believing Christians, when asked the question, what is Jesus' commandment, one in 20 would give the answer, love one another as Jesus has loved me. So this is what I personally taught as Jesus' commandment for years. But then I discovered that it was his answer to a question. Once I saw Jesus' commandment, I had to say, wait a minute, what have I been doing? Um, And I realized that I had been teaching his answer to a question about the law. What is the greatest commandment in the law? And it was an expert in the law was asking Jesus that question. It was one of three questions that were being asked by the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they were trick questions. They were trying to trip him up. But Jesus answered very clearly from the Shema. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. And the second's like it, love your neighbors yourself. But I think what when, when I realized that Jesus uh, did not then go on to say, incidentally, that's my commandment um in fact, he he went on and continued to teach and to our knowledge in scripture never repeated this again. Uh, nor did any of the writers in the New Testament use that dual commandment. Uh, but what i what I did see is that he clearly had owned a commandment as his, and it was the one that we just cited this one. um you know, and i I do this with some frequency, Jonathan. It's like, I take a fist and put it on my chest and just go, um, and you can do this with me. It's like every time you say the word you, your, or yourself, just tap yourself on the chest. It's like you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And what that does is it really puts us in the middle of that picture, it's you loving god with all of your heart your soul your mind your strength and you loving your neighbor as yourself and um you know it's it's like we we can try every day to do that but honestly if you go up to a friend and you know you might say hey how's your day been going uh um, how, how's the family, uh, how's your work going, how's the church doing, all that. Um, well, how are you doing at loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength? And most of us would have to kind of hang our head and go, you know what, ask me next week. I'm going to try harder this week. Uh, because it's it's impossible, even the testimony of people who – or cloistered away, find this to be one of the greatest battles when they try to make this Jesus' commandment. But there is such with Jesus, with uh, Yahshua Hamashiach coming, and him being introduced by John the Baptist, him beginning to show us the heart of the Father, him then being willing uh, to go to the cross after he's announced a new covenant and a new commandment, in his blood, and then the power of his resurrection on the third day. It's a new, it's a shift, which is so significant. And a shift is not a change in God. It's, it's rather a change of emphasis, direction, or focus. And that shift is this. It's not our finite ability to love God, but God's infinite ability to love us. And so, you know, some of these scriptures are extremely important, but these are all scriptures in the New Testament that tell us that it's God's love. It's him. And John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. We all recognize that. Gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, what an incredible gift. But it's God's love for us. That is the key to that and to the whole new covenant and is, in fact, expressed in the new commandment. You know, it's interesting. One of the verses in that list would be 1 John 4.10. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that just says it right there. Well, this does not mean that I love God less. I, in fact, believe I love him more. Um, um, But it really is empowered by his infinite love for me. And so we see, you know, just the picture is now it's the difference between my ability to love God and God's ability to love me is so significant. It's just... uh, uh, incomparable in a sense. In fact, that's, I think, why Romans, uh, Paul in Romans uh, 5 5 says, God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he's given to us. In a week from now, Pentecost Sunday, we will be celebrating that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it is primarily an outpouring of the love of heaven that carries all the gifts, all the graces. It's the river of his love that carries all of the gifts and graces that heaven has to give. And he wants us to operate in all of those gifts out of that river of his love, which is the Holy Spirit poured into our hearts. But when you go back to this, you just look at it. It's like God loving us, and then empowering us to love our neighbor, to love um, one another, to love our neighbor, and to even love our enemies. So in 1 John 4, 10, let go back that and add one more verse. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Uh, when you add the next verse, it says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another, and that's that's His commandment. And no wonder John tells us that when he writes his letter, uh, because it was the command that Jesus had uh, so graciously given. So then, it 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 is this ability for us to not only love one another, but to love our neighbors and even our enemies, as Jesus taught us. So. You know, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Um, and, you know, just pause. Do we believe that? I, it's absolutely true. Uh, there is a spring of water that he wants to flow out of us. And it says, by this, he meant the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Whom those who believed in him were later to receive. He's speaking about Pentecost, what we celebrate uh, a week from now. And so this is how God graciously works. Here's, here's how Jesus rolled. He says, as the Father has loved me, that's how I've loved you. And then he goes on to say, in John 13, 34, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. In First John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. So this really, I think, Jonathan, ties right into the message of unity and the the unity and the prayer for unity, which Jesus prayed. Uh, John 17, 23, 24. May they be brought to complete unity, oneness. To let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me because you loved me before the creation of the world. This is, just to me is such a profound uh, uh, message. And then he goes on in verse 26, I've made you known to them, Father, and I'm going to continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. So Jonathan, that's the message at, a, at, at the core for me.
0: Good. So good, Gaylord. I, uh, I never get sick of hearing it. Um, let me just say what, one of the things that got me thinking about this, um, in the summer of 2010, which is right before we met, um, I had definitely seen Jesus's new commandment. And I was like, oh, that's new. That's different. That's gotta be different from the old stuff. Um, But I was um, kind of like, it was that same passage you brought up in Matthew, what are the greatest commandments in the law? And so I was really seeing that. I'm like, wow, this is a summary of the law. This new covenant is coming. And I started asking the question, how could we summarize is, or like sort of like is there a way to summarize the new covenant in the same way the old covenant is summarized and consequently I was realizing oh we're we're kind of getting it wrong when we summarize the new covenant according to the old covenant that's I mean obviously we want to keep loving god and loving our neighbor Of course yes that's not going to stop but we're yes. we're missing the fullness of it yeah um so um I didn't see faith the way that you saw it Mm -hmm. um and when i read your book it really i did see the new commandment i did see actually the great commission and i i really felt like the great commission was part of this summary i still think it's very obviously very important but tell us a little bit about faith and the role that faith plays uh in in working together with love love for one another Where is our faith directed? Who is it directed to? And is faith one of these great commandments of the new covenant, so to speak?
1: Well, Jonathan, I would think so. I think so. And I, uh, I think there are, much like there were two great commandments in the old covenant that Jesus gave us, I believe there's also two great commandments in the new covenant. And I think John is the one who most clearly crystallizes that. In First John chapter three, verse twenty-three, uh, if you're watching today, you might write that down. First John chapter three, verse twenty-three. You can read it in context, and that will even help more. But the interesting thing is that um, uh, it says there, and this it speaks of God in the verses above as God as a Trinity—Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then he comes to verse 23, 1 John 3, 23, and he says, and this is his, now speaking of God the Father, this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the first great commandment of the gospel, is putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And 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 so that's very clear. I mean, John has said this in uh, actually his gospel, chapter 12, just before 13, actually in verse 49 and 50 of chapter 12, he said, the father's given me commandment, and I know that his command leads to eternal life. And that command is told plainly to us by John when he said the father's command is this to believe. In the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That's where this journey of of Christian discipleship starts. That's where the Christian faith begins for me, Jonathan, is faith in Jesus Christ. But John's not done in 1 John 3.23. He said this is his, that is God the Father's command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That's number one. And to love one another as he now speaking of Jesus Christ the Son has been introduced into the sentence as he Jesus Christ the Son commanded us and it's uh, if if sometimes people get a little confused there uh but the reason the word entole is used twice command uh is used twice there is because the Father's command is that we believe in the Son and the son's command is that we love one another and to me, That's uh, look at first Thessalonians or second Thessalonians chapter one, verse three. He's he's thanking God for them as Paul writes to them. And he says, uh, your faith is growing more and more. (laughs) And the love you have for each other is increasing. (laughs) And I think that's the normal Christian life, growing faith in Jesus, increasing love for one another. Those are the two great commandments of the New Covenant in in my best understanding.
0: Wow. Um, so it's almost like if we think about what does it look like to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, soul mind and strength, it, what's it look like to fulfill the law? and the father's saying, have faith in my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you'll fulfill the law. And then the son is saying, and love one another the way I loved you. Yes, I mean that's that's powerful. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a this may I I don't think we've talked about this before, but it's just something I've been pondering uh, because there's this formula of faith and love that we see throughout the epistles, but there's also faith, hope, and love, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which is like a trinitarian. Yeah. Formulation. So I'm just wondering if faith and love really are these central new commandments, if you will. Where do you see hope? How do you see hope tying in? And uh, we haven't talked about this. So I hope I'm not catching you off guard, but just a, ge- a genuine curiosity I have.
1: That's that's a great question, because truly uh, the the three things that endure are faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these, you know, is love, the Apostle Paul says. But the interesting thing, Jonathan, about this, and friends, I'm talking to Jonathan, but it's all of us who are on. The interesting thing is that love actually empowers both hope and faith. Because he says... um, I think it's in the the, uh, the Thessalonian letter. I can't remember the, the verse right now by title, but it says circumcision or uncircumcision, neither of those matter. But what counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith that works by love. And Paul has told us in the first Corinthians 13, that faith, if it is not inspired by love, it does not do what God wants it to do. It, it it has to be, all the gifts and graces have to be motivated by love. And so faith is empowered by love. Faith works by love. And then hope in, in Romans 5, 5, it says, hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. So I believe both faith and hope are empowered and released by love. So that's what I would say that the Trinitarian connection is um, of the three of them. I I define hope, um, hope is not a um, kind of a junior faith. Uh, Hope is actually, it is a, a joyful anticipation of something you know by faith to be true, and so, um, uh, yeah. So that the hope that we have as Christians, it's not like I hope so, you know. Kind of a, uh, you know, it's I, I can't really believe it, but I'm just hoping, you know. It's not that. It is a a joyful anticipation of something that we know by faith is ours.
0: One thing that's interesting about hope is that it's future. It's very future oriented, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like right now. Um, right. Um, so, anyway, well, yeah. this is really good. I I know I said we were going to have questions, and I kind of monopolized Gaylord's time. I'm sorry. Did anyone else have a question before we uh, jump into our next speaker here? I'm going to just testify a little bit. Um, you know, being in the prayer movement, um, really getting into it through the Lord, but just having this intense desire to pray, to seek God, to love God, to be with God. Um, this teaching, um, and Gaylord's book in particular, really just made me feel like I had found a place of rest. Like I, like I was like, wow, I can really rest in the fact that I'm pleasing God. Um, And I don't always have to be wondering. I'm like, it just so for me personally, in my soul, it just so simplified it, Mm -hmm. the gospel. And I just felt like, wow, I'm really understanding what it is to follow Jesus. It's, Mm -hmm. it's having faith in Jesus Mm -hmm. and it's loving one another as he loved us. And, and just. That simplicity of if we can just do those things, and this is what the Apostle John always said later in his life, it yeah. it's enough. If we do it, it's enough. It is enough. Um, And so, um, I just want to encourage folks. I, I feel there's a reason we're we're hitting on this theme multiple times during the ten days. Um, Gaylord's message, I believe, releases uh, unity because when we start loving one another in this way. It it creates this unstoppable force. So Kirk, I'm just going to ask if you would go ahead and put the link to the book, uh, Love Revolution Now. Is it loverevolutionnow.org, Gaylord?
1: Um yeah, loverevolutionnow.org. Um it oh, was, great. Uh, there oh, it is. I'd urge you to yeah, take a peek at it. Um and you can order the book uh, through there. Uh it'll take you to Amazon. Uh, dot .com and you can uh, get it there as a, uh, a paperback um ebook or audible.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you sir. What a treat to have you uh one extra night here. This is great.
1: Yeah. We to be with you. I think uh, Andrew burchett's planning to be with you in the in what will be the morning here.
0: Excellent. Excellent. We will See him then. And I think Jordan is going to be facilitating that hour. So awesome. Guys. Well, welcome everybody. John. Oh, yep, go ahead.
2: Real quick, it's Liz and John. Um, you know, so, and hello, bless you, gay Lord. So good to see you. You. Um, you know, I just have to add that this is such a process <laughs> um, to be able to love. The way Jesus loves us. I just feel so convicted, Gaylord. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, but can. but it is truly a supernatural thing. That's That there's just no yeah. way we can do this yeah. without just really desiring it. And, yeah. and the Lord just doing what, you know, because he is in our heart and we are being transformed into his image. So we just have to keep pursuing this. And the good news is that he's telling us we can do it. We can love the way he loves us. So that's what we strive for because he said we can do it. So we just, it's just a process. All things are possible. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Gaylord.
1: And I would just, uh, let me just make one comment there. I think some of the big words um, are receive, receive, receive. It's only as you receive his love that, in fact, you have it to give away. And so I encourage all of us to be big receivers. The Father loves his children. He really loves his children. And so for us as sons and daughters, receive, receive, receive. And that will empower us to give, give, give. Amen, uh, and- hey, Lord.
2: That is really the key. I totally agree.